Welcome to the Breakaway Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, I am your host, Simon Pike, and my guest today is a man with a big reputation for assessing youth talent. It's uh, Jake Murchison. You see me around schools a lot. They don't, by the way. That's a joke. Well, is it though? <laughs> okay, moving on. <laughs> How are you, Jake? Yeah, very well, mate. Yeah, yourself? It's been a while. It's good to get us back up and running again. Yes, yeah, the first show after after a pretty long break. I looked earlier, and the last podcast we did was the twenty second of December. Um, one reason or another, we we haven't podcasted. You know, the end of the season was a bit weird with um, the Demar Hamlin stuff, and then personally, it's been a been a tough off season. We've had some family stuff that has meant my time and my desire to do a podcast has been pretty limited. So we've got quite a bit of stuff to to catch up on. We're not going to do that today. Um, at some point, we'll we'll recap the end of the season and give Kyle his uh, kudos for winning the league uh, and all that stuff. Um, so hopefully, this is like the the you know the the jumping off point for a new season. Um, should be good fun. Cool. Uh, yeah. So I think today we are going to focus on rookies. Hence the comment about you assessing youth talent. Um, I suspect you've put a lot of time into into this, looking at young men on tape. Uh, right. you know, really assessing their build, mm-hmm. uh, whether any of them are built like a 15 year old boy. Uh, that's definitely a comment you've made in the past about Zendaya, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, quick reminder to the two listeners out there that are not part of this league um, it's an eight team league. Um, we emerged out of the primordial swamp that is the League of Legends. Uh, really just as an experiment um, to see whether we could kind of try something with a whole bunch of different rules. Uh, and for one reason or another, it gained a little bit of traction last season. And we got like a, a podcast going on an Instagram account. And then we got a lot of heat from the three members of the League of Legends that are not in this league. Uh, so that was interesting to navigate at various points, particularly Bum's Wedding. Yep. And the stag. That was funny. Yeah, that, that was, was good fun. fun. That was good fun. So you have you have you and me, and then we have Ed Lamb, Jack, Jack Francis, uh, the venerable Josh Valoroso, uh, Steve White, who I no longer believe is uh, an actor. Uh, he is a, a real person, I believe. Well, the I first the time, same actor every time. Yeah, the first time was a wedding, and and you know people pay for actors to go to their weddings, but um, I, <laughs> I do believe he is a real person. Uh, and then we have the co-owners, uh, Chris Rawlings and, and Gary Baker, referred to here as the Ballings duo. And then, of course, last but not least, uh, league champion and general rogue, Kyle Knight. Hmm. Congratulations, Kyle, last season. <laughs> I totally forgot he won it. Uh, once, <laughs> once you're out of it, you don't really pay attention anymore, do you? No, and, it's uh, sort of like forgotten about a week after the season, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. That's why we, this podcast died, because no one cared anymore, you know? <laughs> <laughs> a little bit, yeah. A little bit. <laughs> um, right, rookie draft season. Uh, it's like one of my absolute favorite times of the year in the NFL calendar. Um, I've completed two rookie drafts already. I'm currently in the middle of a third right now. Uh, cool. And I've got two more coming up, including this league. So it, I just, I love it. There's so much potential um, at this time of the season. And ultimately it's the hope that kills you, but um, it, it is a really fun time of the season. And you, you think That's all these it. guys are going to turn out to be superstars and uh, inevitably uh, none of them do. So <laughs> Or well, certainly none that I end up drafted anyway. <laughs> okay. Right, so yeah. Jake, we are 
going to talk about rookies. We're not going to rank them. There's plenty of podcasts that do that and plenty of content out there that say, here's your top 10, 12, 24, 300 rookies, whatever. We've just basically taken a look at the skill positions, the top four or kind of roughly top four players. And we're going to kind of, you know, talk about them a little bit. I'm sure we will do it in different ways because you and I probably haven't prepared for this in the same way. So that will make it quite interesting. You've definitely prepared. I've, um, I've written a line for each player, and that's it. <laughs> um, well, we, we, we'll we'll probably talk more about each other's uh, our, our own players rather than each other's. But you know, hopefully this will this will be a bit of fun, and we can we can talk about Will Levis's girlfriend as uh, yeah. as, as I'm sure you that will is be yeah that is ready to the, do my notes yeah. Is that most most of the analysis for Will Levis? Uh, yeah, Shout out, I, it might be G- Gia or Jaya. I don't know her bloody name, but yeah, something she's like a that. Babe. Yeah. <laughs> um, just a note before we start, this isn't going to cover any IDP players uh, unless you've snuck some in on me. Um, we'll do that in a pod before the IDP expansion draft that we're planning later this summer, uh, where we're going to go to three IDP guys, which I think was your um, suggestion last season. I don't um, know. I was, pass. It doesn't need do, to pass, mate. It? I've okay, made the okay. decision. Do what you want. Cool. Yeah. Thank you. Moving on. Um, and for that reason, I'm banning IDP picks in the rookie draft. Um, okay. I, I don't actually think I can ban it on sleeper, but I yeah. have enough commissioner powers that if anybody takes an IDP player, I'll just unwind it. Uh, and then if cool. they do it again, I'll just take their pick off them. Um, <laughs> so, you know, cool. as we've said before, this is, love. this is a dictatorship. So uh, yeah. <laughs> How do you want to do this, mate? Do you want to start with quarterbacks? Yeah, sure. We're obviously, the Superflex League are very important. Well, more important in this league. So we'll start off with those. Do you want to crack on and do uh, first pick in the draft, Bryce Young? Bryce Young. Okay. Notes. I'm really, I'm really a slow reader, but I've got he's a, um, <laughs> he's a great passer, but not likely to add anything with his legs. He's smaller than the average QB at five ten, which is the same height as Kyler Murray. Yeah, very similar. But, yeah, but like, and he can't run, which is surprising because, like, obviously being the same size, Kyler Murray, you think speed. And rushing, you think that's where majority of the points come from. Uh, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see how he gets on. I think uh, Panthers realistically have a chance in the NFC South now because it's so wide open. And he, I know the Falcons have made some big time moves this off season, but Desmond Ridd is not exactly the best QB. Um, so it's going to be interesting in the NFC South. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's all I've really got. <laughs> yeah, he's obviously got a good, uh, well, I was going to say a good QB coach, but he's got a good head coach with a good reputation for developing QBs there. It it came as a bit of a surprise to me that they were going to end up taking Young because they were really, really heavily linked with um, CJ Stroud, weren't they? And I think Josh McCown actually is the QB's coach there. And, and apparently he's got um, quite a good had a quite a good relationship with CJ Stroud. So I don't know why they, they went in the Bryce Young direction. Certainly risky with, with his height. And like you said, it's not like a lack of mobility, not like a lack of athleticism, but he, he hasn't shown it in the same way that, um, you know, some of the other players that we're going to come on and talk about, um, you know, have done. So uh, an interesting prospect. Um, I have ended up taking him in one league so far where I had the 103 pick. Um, and he's certainly kind of going in, in that range, that 103, 104 in most of the yeah. drafts that I've seen. Yeah, I mean, this is definitely in the Superflex leagues. Yeah, definitely. 
Cool. Um, so I'm going to talk a little bit about CJ Stroud. So drafted by the Texans at 102. Um, Ohio State quarterback, six foot three, 214 pounds. Shout the Taylor. To, shout out to the Taylor. Um, <laughs> I was going to get him to pre-record all the day, but I didn't have time to message him. That would have been amazing. Just, just, <laughs> just the breakdowns from him of like everybody's voice notes. I wonder, I wonder if this season he'll get into like not just height and length, but also like their their combine metrics as well. Yeah, that'd be amazing. I'd hope so. Uh, what did he, <laughs> what did he bench? What was his free tone? <laughs> um, great accuracy. Like I think that's the thing that most people say about CJ Stroud. He, a bit like Young, hasn't really shown that much athleticism. Um, despite being a pretty athletic guy and, and and having pretty good metrics. But what I noticed on his tape was like the accuracy. He hits his QBs, his, his, sorry, his wide receivers in stride. Um, and he's had amazing wide receivers. So there's a little bit to that. But um, I, I think that's an unusual trait to see coming out of college is the ability to just hit them on the run and, and let them go. Um, he can create a bit of time. So I talked about his athleticism. What I noticed was that he moves, and this is like the the most ridiculous lofty comparison, but he moves a bit like Mahomes in the pocket. So he doesn't really escape the pocket, but he moves it in in ways that allow his wide receivers and his tight ends to get open. There's this great throw he had uh, against Georgia where he just, he moves forward, he moves to the side, he moves back and he moves forward again. And in that time, his, his wide receiver gets enough time to get open runs a really deep curl route and comes and comes open. And it's it's a great bit of QB play. And quite often what you see in these college QBs is is real scattiness in the pocket. And he doesn't seem to have that. Um he's got like a, a good good bit of pocket presence, I noticed. Um he's got a pretty strong arm. It's not Josh Allen level. Um but he throws uh quite flat and with a lot of pace. So it's not like a Russ Russ Wilson rainbow and we're gonna talk about uh, Anthony Richardson who throws like a a beautiful deep ball, but it is a good, it is a good ball. It's just, it's just, you know, different kind of, I would say it's more Rogers like than it is uh, Russ Wilson. Like um, one of the knocks against him, I think is, was it more to do with the wide receivers he had? Um, yeah. I was, I've got that in my notes. Like he hasn't got wide receivers at Texans now. No. And he had, yeah. Jackson Smith and Jigba, who we'll talk about later, Chris Alava, Garrett Wilson, Marvin Harrison, uh, hmm. Junior as his wide receivers over over time. Bad, uh, it, yeah. That's a pretty insane wide receiving core. So it'll be interesting to see what he can do with the lack of weapons that he's going to have at the Texans, um, and whether hitting you know whether whether he's going to, have to be even more accurate at hitting them in stride. Didn't throw many uh, interceptions though. Like you look at his college record, he is he's got a really great TD to to interception ratio. So I think he's probably going to be a solid QB two for his career so in that kind of you know 12 to 24 range somewhere somewhere in there because i think his lack of mobility limits his his fantasy upside um and you can usually see him going after bryce young 104 105 in that range i've seen a few times where he gets jumped by jameer gibbs but he's in that range people seem to be quite quite keen on him Anything else on uh, on uh, on CJ Stroud for you, Jake? Uh, no, no, yeah, it's just like the uh, he's his number one wide receiver is what Nico Collins, Robert Woods, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's, that could be a problem, but yeah, they don't even have a really good tight end there either. It's usually no. like that security blanket. So they'll, I think they'll be run heavy with Damian Pierce. Yeah, 
Cool. All right. Moving on. The aforementioned Will Levis. I don't know why. Is he a top four now? I don't know. He's, I think he's still the fourth QB coming off the board. Okay. Ahead of Hendon Hooker, who's, I think, 48 years old. <laughs> the old guy. There's always one. Yeah. Brandon Whedon. <laughs> Brandon Whedon, yeah. He's older <laughs> than me. <laughs> yeah, I just got uh, on my notes, hot girlfriend, which uh, means great confidence. You know, so <laughs> a great, yeah, shout out to uh, Gia. Um, he's I, he's not going to be a starter, is he? Let's face it, like getting drafted in the second round, he's got to have a fantastic camp to make starter in Tennessee. Um, he's definitely one for the future in super flex leagues. I've not seen much tape on him, but apparently he's got a cannon. Um, yeah, he definitely has. Uh, Titans just given up on Malik Willis. There was a lot of... It, it, he was really bad at the end of the season. Yeah, really, really bad. And then Rabel it was about as scathing as you can be about a young QB when, when he made his comments. And he was basically sort of listing the areas that he can improve on. And it was basically everything other than running. Um, so I, I think I think they didn't see it. I mean, it was a th- late third round pick, so it's not surprising. But yeah, they have completely given up on him. Yeah, and um, I, do you honestly think that uh, mayonnaise in the coffee ruined his uh, draft? Book? No, it was the fact he eats banana skins. Yeah. Okay. The other that was one. it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> an an absolute lunatic out there, straight yeah. up eating bananas with the peel still on. He didn't deserve to get drafted in the first round, you know. Nah, he was—he was a weird one. He like sort of came out of nowhere when the when all the draft content first started to happen. Then it was like, oh, he's going second. Um, yeah, and everything I read about him, him and watched they? him, I was like, mm, not not sure about this guy. Yeah, and then he just kept on falling. Yeah, I yeah, think... that's all. That's all I've really got on him. Ah, oh, fair enough, mate. I think you touched on his key point, which is he has got an absolute cannon of an arm. I think that's kind of like the the basically people look at him going, "Oh, it's Josh Allen," um, and there's yeah. been plenty of uh, plenty of ropey ropey white QBs who've uh, flattered to deceive in the past. So I don't think he's I don't think he's Josh Allen. Watch watch me be completely wrong there. <laughs> we got I got him going uh, second round. I did a a random mock draft and like I thought that was quite surprising that he was still going second round. Yeah, that's mostly what I've seen in Superflex as well. Like, uh, you know, 201, 202, maybe sneaking into the back end of the first in a couple of leagues. Um, I ended up taking him in one of my rookie drafts because he fell to like 205 or something like that. And I was like, well, it's it's him or some guy I've never heard of. So, all right. Yeah, I'll cut him next season. It's fine. so moving on to other guys whose draft height absolutely drove them up the board and, and continues to do so, Anthony Richardson, drafted by the Colts at 104, six foot four, 244 pounds, an oh, absolute man. monster. Uh, went to went to college in Florida, which is where he went to high school. I'm not sure he's ever really? left Florida. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how he handles Indianapolis. He doesn't have a huge college resume like CJ Stroud has got, you know, tons of reps under his belt this guy has got not very many at all and he really only emerged as a favorite after the combine where he was just like athletics off the charts so i look at him and i go well you know 
a flattering comparison. He's Justin Fields, he's Lamar Jackson, he's he's maybe Cam Newton. That's what you kind of see on tape. He's an amazing runner. Yeah. He's really instinctive. Um, what I noticed with his running though is like he doesn't, unlike Cam, who just like ran headlong into traffic and got hit all the time. Um, Richardson actually does look to to get out of bounds a little bit better. He's not quite as big as Cam, but you know he his, his running seems to be fairly intelligent. Um, and those runs would just create fantasy points for him. You looked at Justin Fields last season, just like some of those eighty-yard runs he pulled off. That's absolute fantasy gold, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. I got best all-round QB. I really like his wide receivers. He's got a lot of talent around him with Alec Pierce, Pittman, and they just brought in McKenzie as well. So yeah. he's not short of uh, weapons. Yeah, I have that down as well. Like Pierce's speed in particular, I think will be useful for him because he can throw an amazing deep pass. It'll be interesting to see how him and Pittman gel because his mid-range stuff, uh, that's where his accuracy wasn't at his best. But Pittman's a, a great receiver, so I'm, I'm sure they can get it working and I can, we can definitely expect to see some Alec Pierce over the top touchdowns uh, this season. Um, there's this incredible throw that Richardson did. It was literally his first throw of the game versus LSU. Um, it's like a 60-yard touchdown. He just drops back and he hits the runner in stride over the safety and it looked like he was just flicking the ball five yards. Nice. It's an insane pass. If you look that one up, it's on, on YouTube. It's just an incredible one. But yeah, accuracy is the, the main issue that concerns people. Um People who are kind of like supporting him will point out that his wide receivers were terrible and they, they really, really were. Um, his adjusted completion percentage sort of shows that because his, his real completion percentage is 54%. But if you adjust for drops, it's actually 64%. So you can see his receivers were terrible. But that 54% is historically bad. It's worse than Josh Allen. It's worse than Lamar. Way, way worse than Justin Fields. So, you know, and unless he can clean that up, um, he is going to drive his coaches absolutely around the bend because, um, you know, you need to be able to make these six, seven, eight-yard dump-off passes to, to get first downs. It can't all be deep shots. He's going 102 in pretty much every draft I've done. Yeah. Um, so Bijan is the, is the guy. And then, um, yeah, going at 102. I've got no shares of him. Um, because I haven't got 102 in, in any of the leagues I've got. So, yeah, bit of a shame because I'm looking forward to watching this guy play. Absolutely. All right, moving on. Uh, running backs. Jake, running backs. just mentioned Bijan. Talk to me <laughs> Bichon. about Bijan. So, um, were you surprised that the Falcons drafted him? Yes. Yes, yes, because I've got, like, uh, Tyler Algier having a good rookie season, like it was very surprising that they did, because um, they're like they're pretty much the same. They're both five eleven, two fifteen. <laughs> Shout out to Taylor. Um, he's he is going to go straight into the RB at number one though. Um, but like I said, like Tyler could eat into his carries, um, with Patterson being there as well. Um, yeah, yeah, like you said, he's he's going first. Um, unless yeah. you're desperate for other positions. Yeah, I said like PF, PFF have done an interesting article on predicting running back usage and tendencies for 2023. Um, Atlanta shared the load the most out of any team in the NFL. So the RB1 had 56%, RB2 had 33%, RB3 had 9%. 
So that could eat into his fantasy scoring, but like I said, he's still got that ability to. He's going like third overall in normal drafts, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. A lot of people taking him sort of just after the the top three of um, CMC, Chase, and um, Justin Jefferson. Yeah. So, yeah. So he'll go number one. I think he'll do well. That's about it, really. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a good runner. He's a good catcher. Um, he, yeah. He's considered to be the best prospect since Saquon. And then, um, you know, from Dynasty perspective, Zeke before him. I think everybody thinks he's super safe. Um, I've seen a lot of places where in the Dynasty rankings, he's immediately gone top five, um, which which is pretty incredible. Um, I, I'm looking forward to seeing him, seeing him play. I do think it's a bit weird that the Falcons took him. I thought they had other needs, but Arthur Smith loves to run the ball. So I think there's the coaching tendencies there mean that they will they will run him uh, and have Algier as a kind of like, not a change of pace, but a relief guy. Um, yeah. So we, we'll, we'll see. But yeah, he's going to be on the back of Bum's jersey before we know it, I'm certain. <laughs> it wasn't the most... Uh... Surprising running back pick of the first round, though. So we'll, we'll talk about that in a bit. We talk about that right now. Do you want to go now, dear? Go well, on. Assuming that we're talking about the same guy, Jameer Gibbs, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Very surprised about that one. Yeah, drafted by the Lions with the 112 pick, an absolutely wild pick that could result in them trading away DeAndre Swift to the Eagles for what seemed like peanuts to me. Yeah. Um, I couldn't believe that they were taking him there. I love it. Uh, I think <laughs> I think it's going to be like the the Lions is just all out offense, isn't it? Um, yeah, having him there with his you know with his ability is going to be awesome. And I I get why they were frustrated by DeAndre Swift. You know, his lack of ability to stay on the field, um, a little bit of dancing behind the line, all that sort of stuff. But it's a it's a premium pick to spend on on Gibbs, who's really really good, but he's not in the Bijan uh, area. So to, to take him with the twelve pick is is crazy. Um, five foot nine, 199 pounds. Went to Alabama for his final season after two really, really good seasons at Georgia Tech. He had an amazing final season at Alabama 6.1 yards per carry and 10.1 yards per catch, uh, which is pretty phenomenal, even even in college. Um, going to talk a little bit about uh, my guy, Devin A. Kane or A. Chain. I don't know, I don't know how to pronounce it. Um, no. later and, and his absolutely elite speed, but um, Jameer Gibbs has got pretty similar speed he was clocked at 22 miles an hour last season in, in one of his games which is uh there was sort of Raheem Mostert as, as being one of the fastest guys in the league what I noticed on tape is his speed is eye-catching but it's the change of direction the ability to make a cut in the way that he does it's just like you just see these like these tacklers just going flying and just being left of like wreckage on the on the field he's pretty much untouchable if he gets in the open he's he's going to absolutely torch you I think he's Jamal Charles reincarnated. Um, you love gets, Jamal Charles. I love Jamal Charles. Um, uh, he gets loads of Camaro com, com, uh, comparisons. Um, I don't, you know, and I get it because he's like a three down back and all that kind of stuff. But for me, like Camaro is a better receiver than he is a rusher. And I think Jameer Gibbs is a better rusher than he is a receiver. I think he's a really good receiver, but... Um, he catches the ball a little bit more with his body than with his hands. And so I, I kind of look at it and go, this guy's going to be Jamal Charles with that rushing, that ability to cut and, and just leave people in the dust. Um, there's this awesome play against Vanderbilt 
where he basically is he's going to get tackled for like five yards gained, but he makes about three different cuts and he leaves about eight or nine defenders just lying all over the pitch. And he gets about 30, 35 yards out of a play that he really should have got nothing out of. It's just phenomenal to see. And it's almost like something out of a movie where you see these like these players just going left and right, like around him. And he's just like, he's, he's just duking them out of their socks. He's, he's great. Um, I think he will be a good receiver. He's a good route runner. If he can clean up his catching issues, then there's no reason this guy can't be a, a an elite three down back. Um, and on the Lions team, that could be extremely valuable. So that's going to be great. Um, it's got a few pass blocking issues, but I, I think you'll get over those. Um, I've seen him go as high as 103 in a draft. Um, mostly I've seen him 105. Um, but to be honest, if I w- if I didn't need a quarterback, I'd be perfectly happy taking him at 103. Um, uh, yeah, shout out to Steve White. He's got the 103 pick at the moment. I might be training for that. <laughs> well, I think we're all trying to trade for that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's 105 at worst, I think, unless you've got a real uh, fetish for Jackson Smith and Jigba. Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay. Uh, all right, Jake, do you want to talk to us a little bit about Jacques, Zach Chabonnet? Oh, God. Um, okay, uh, I've got receiving back. He's more of a receiver. Um so obviously Walker will still be RB1, but Pete Carroll isn't afraid to mix things up in Seattle. So <laughs> uh, Seahawks drafted Rashad Penny in the first round a few years ago, but decided to go with Chris Carson, who they drafted in the seventh. And Chris Carson turned out to be a, a great fantasy running back. Um, again, with the PFF stats, uh, they rely heavily on RB1. So... They use it 80% of the time and then split between two and three. So usually when Pete Carroll likes a running back, he'll lean on him. And uh, yeah, that'll be it. I haven't seen any tape. You're the tape man today. Have you seen anything <laughs> on him? Uh, no, I haven't seen much of Charbonnet, to be honest. He's not a guy that I've been interested in any of the drafts I've done. I haven't picked him up in any of the leagues and I'm I'm not really planning to. Maybe that's a little bit because he got drafted by the, the Seahawks, although I've got some Kenny Walker shares. Um, I just really liked Ken Walker, um, mm-hmm. whereas uh, Charbonnet, I'm, I'm just not really interested, so I haven't really bothered looking into him, which is probably a massive oversight. Him. Yeah, I avoided him in the in the draft I did. He yeah. was there, and I just left him. Feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Seahawks didn't leave him, so that, that's all that really matters mm-hmm. to him, isn't it? Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think he's he's sort of going later, isn't he? He's going mid second round. Uh, most of the time, I see him as as the uh, RB four. Usually, I, I've seen him slip as as low as RB five, but I think most cases he's he's pretty well entrenched as the RB four. Uh, last guy on our on our rookie running back list then is Devon A Chain, um, drafted oh, by the Dolphins. I, I have no idea how I say that. do I. <laughs> uh, drafted okay. by the Dolphins in the third round, number eighty four overall. Five foot eight, hundred eighty-eight pounds. So interestingly, not that much shorter, not that much lighter than um, Jameer Gibbs, but he has got this reputation as being a bit of a small guy, uh, which is which is a bit weird. And I saw some some coverage yesterday that said he'd already packed on a bunch of weight and was nearer two hundred pounds now. So that's going to be interesting. Um, he had a good career at Texas A&M, thirteen hundred yards in his final season. Um, 
he also operated as a kick returner and uh if you look up some of his kick return touch um like highlights they're just incredible so um he is rapid four three two points for kick returns in our league uh oh that's something we can change in it uh, i'm gonna say yes uh and if i'm <laughs> wrong doesn't matter because i'll change it cool uh only for devon a chain though um <laughs> He will fit in perfectly in the Dolphins' speed kills offense, uh, and he can learn from Mostert and Wilson. Like Mostert's another former track star, Devon A. Chambers was a, was a former track star, so I'm sure those guys will will, will get on really, really well. And like he's just he's just going to be a perfect fit for that for that offense. He's going to hit the outside. He's going you know once he hits a gap, he's just going to try and bust like 40, 50, 60 two, yard runs. Both those two are quite injury prone as well, so yeah, don't wish injuries upon players, but it that works in his favor yeah agreed agreed what i noticed watching uh, a little bit of tape of him was like this sort of running back i typically would see they're kind of dancing around they're looking for a hole and then they hit the hole like that's and, and like, i always think of cj2k when i think of that he's like he's sort of like jump cutting left and right hits a hole and then goes a chain from what i saw doesn't really do that he just he just goes for the first hole he sees which is you know obviously supposed to be what's blocked and if it opens up, he is absolutely gone. Um, doesn't go down as easy as I thought he would, like, you know, cause considering he gets all this coverage about being really small and really light. It's not going to be mowing people down like the Rumbler, but he 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 doesn't he doesn't get tackled easily. And there's a great play versus old miss where two separate defenders, one one a defensive back and one a linebacker, they both have him nearly wrapped up. But he escapes them and then he's gone like Kaiser Soze, like straight to the end zone. Absolutely no stopping him. So that'll be fun to see, particularly if they use him in a pass catching role where he can get to the outside. And uh, I think if you put a linebacker on Devon A chain, you're you're probably giving up a touchdown. So you have to use a lot of nickel sets and a lot of dime sets in in order to kind of keep those Dolphins uh, skill players contained. I think I've seen a lot of comparisons between him and Tariq Cohen. Like, if you remember what Tariq Cohen was like in his first two seasons. I love Tariq Cohen. Yeah, he was great, wasn't he? Like, the yeah. injuries absolutely killed him. So, yeah. you know, if Tariq Cohen's like his his worst-case scenario, I think that's a that's a pretty good outcome for him. I don't necessarily see him as a three-down back, but um, you, you never know. If he is bulking up, then then maybe he'll get a little bit more carry. But, um, yeah, he's, he looks, looks a great player to me, really exciting. Definitely the third running back going in the, in the draft, um, mostly going in that 107 to 110 range, although I have seen him go a little bit later. I picked him up in a couple of leagues already, and I'm uh, I'm excited about having him on my roster. All right, moving on to wide receivers then. Uh, Jake, you're going to talk to us a little bit about Jordan Addison, wide receiver for the Vikings. Jordan Addison. Okay, so yeah, Vikings got rid of Alan Thielen this year, so I guess this is the replacement for him. Um, obviously, number two behind Justin Jefferson. Uh, great route runner. Future yeah. Hall of Famer, throwing in the ball in Kirk Cousin. Mm. Nah. Huh? Nah, not having it. I've got Airy. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> I've got him here. He's uh, similar to Devontae Smith, aka the Slim Reaper. Same size, same build, same exact same player. Um, I'm looking at the other options in the Vikings as well. And I was just looking back on the 2020 draft because they've got Riga there as well. And that was the guy that got picked before Justin Jefferson in the draft, yeah. wasn't it? They, uh, yeah, they, they fucked up. 
and uh, yeah, so be interesting to see how he gets on there as well. They haven't got many weapons like KJ Osborne now. What do you think of KJ Osborne? I like him as a deep threat guy. Topic here. No, I, li- I like him as a yeah. deep threat guy. Like as as a third guy who can kind of take the top off. I, I think he's um I think he's good. Addison's yeah, got that yeah. speed as well. Do you know what I mean? Like he's not he's not Tyreek Hill quick, but he can definitely get in behind. Yeah, be interesting to see. Well, like I said, like great young talent. With the right running, and with Devonte brought up Devonte Smith again, I think with that around him, like yeah, he's going to be um, impacting the game straight away. Yeah. I can definitely see the Devonte Smith comparison there. I I don't think he's as good a technician as Devonte Smith. Like his rat running is absolutely elite level, um, but he's got the size, the frame, the speed, you know, and he's got a lot of the profile as well. He's he, he had an incredible season at Pitt in 2021, and then obviously he left Pitt because Kenny Pickett left, and it, and he went to USC, I think it was. Um, where I don't think he had quite as good a time, but he obviously had a good bond with his with his quarterback there. And, you know, if he can build a similarly good bond with with Kirk Cousins, then, um, you know, Kirk Cousins will have two good receivers and uh, he'll have TJ Hawkinson to throw to, which gives him gives him a lot of good weapons um, to kind of repeat a little bit of what he what he did last last season, which I still think was incredibly fraudulent. I think that was shown up in the playoffs as just just how fraudulent it was, but um, you know the the Vikings can definitely go a solid eight and nine, nine and eight this season. Great. I just want Kirk to end his career on a perfect five hundred. <laughs> I just I just think that's fitting. That's that that's what he is. That's how that's how he should end. He should just keep playing until his career record is exactly five hundred. Future Hall of Famer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah maybe, maybe for the Vikings. Uh, <laughs> Jackson Smith and Jigba, drafted by the Seahawks, number 20 overall, widely considered to, to be the only potential elite talent uh, in the wide receiving uh, options in this draft. Six foot tall, 197 pounds, went to Ohio State. He had an insane sophomore season, 1,600 yards. Um, and I think one of the things about that season is he had plaudits from Garrett Wilson and Chris Alave, who were basically saying he was the best wide receiver on their team. Uh, and those guys have both um, turned out to be pretty damn good in their first season. So if they're saying that about him, um, then you've got to sit up and, and take notice. Didn't play, I think he played like five snaps in his junior season, uh, picked up a hamstring injury, and then I think largely protected himself uh, for, for the draft. And I think that means that interest in him has, has dropped off a little bit. I don't think he's seen in the same way as, as Alave and Wilson were coming out. Um, and maybe some of that is because he doesn't quite have the athletic traits that those guys had. He's he had a four-five-two in the combine, which isn't slow, but it's not it's not like DK Metcalf either, um, who's his teammate in Seattle. So he's not going to run away from uh, DBs, and you certainly see that on the tape when he gets the ball. He's he's getting caught on pretty much uh, all of his plays. But what I think differentiates him is that he gets open in tight spots. Uh, he's got incredible right running skills and he has this knack for finding the soft spots in coverage. So, you know, he, he might be he might be running the right, but he'll just notice a little zone where he can just drop into and the quarterbacks uh the quarterbacks seem to find him really, really well. So he will he'll do well at the Seahawks because they've already got Lockett and uh and DK. 
So he's going to play in the slot, at least at first. And, and I think that's where most people expect him to spend most of his career, um, along with a lot of the other wide receivers in this draft, frankly. Um, and I think in that case, his probably his his kind of like what you think of being his, his ceiling would be the sun god. Um, and I think that's, that's a pretty good comparison for him. I, I think he probably can play outside. I don't think the speed is, is always an issue for outside receivers. DeAndre Hopkins, Keenan Allen, neither one of those guys is particularly fast, but they are amazing route runners and they go up and they get the ball. And that's what I see when I watch um, Jackson, Smith and Jigba. So I, I think um, watch any of the highlights from his game versus Michigan in, in 2021 and you'll see what I mean by the, the Hopkins comparison. There's a couple of catches in there where you're just like, oh, he's got no chance. Oh, he, he's got it. And he's because he's got massive hands and he catches the ball really, really well. So um, I think a reasonable expectation for him, particularly if you use the Seahawks as his, as his range, is, is Doug Baldwin. Um, Doug Baldwin's really, really unsexy, but spent most of his career on the fringe of kind of wide receiver one, one wide receiver two range. So I think that'd be a good outcome for Jackson Smith and Jigba. Um, and draft-wise, he's basically going at 106 um, after the QBs, after Bijan, after Gibbs. And I, I don't think I've ever seen him drop below that so far. Bit of a bummer for Kyle at 107 then. Mm. He needs a lot of help. Where does he need help? Uh, well, you know, everywhere, really. <laughs> <laughs> um. Cool. Jake, do you want to talk to us a little bit about um, Quentin Johnson? Quentin Johnson? Okay. Drafted by the Chargers. Um, he's very agile. Apparently, he's great with the ball in his hands, so he forces tacklers to miss. Uh, being with the Chargers, obviously, getting Justin Herbert for the ball isn't a bad thing. Keenan Allen is getting on. Injured. Same with Mike Williams missing games last season. He is a great chance to be productive this year uh we're doing draft stock yeah definitely okay uh i can see yeah he's a second he's second wide receiver i think i know that there's a group in my in my um recent draft which wasn't a super flex league i had the sixth pick i think gibbs and robinson are the two running backs that go in and then there's this group of four wide receivers so after 106 it kind of dropped off everybody wanted my 106 pick but yeah Quinton Johnston is in that area, even with Superflex as well. I think he could he could go as early as one hundred and seven. But yeah. yeah, definitely, it's him and Addison seem to be in the same range, and I think it depends on particular preference of whoever's drafting them. Um, he, 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 I think he's a weird pick for the Chargers because I, he's Mike Williams. Mm -hmm. It's like they're doubling down on Mike Williams. I, I don't really understand it. They've got no speed on that team. Um, they're really pretty slow, like Keenan Allen's Mike Williams are not burners. And they, they had Quentin Johnson. He looks like a really good wide receiver, but I thought they might go someone quicker. I thought they might go Addison or or someone like that that can really take the top off for Justin Herbert because Herbert spent most of last season not throwing the ball deep, and he's probably the best deep ball thrower in the league. So it's it's a bizarre choice for me. I, I you know I've no doubt he'll be good. I just think it doesn't really help the Chargers in the way that they they kind of need. But um, yeah, no doubt he's a he's a good player. Okay, uh, like last wide receiver on our list, then Zay Flowers. Um, this is a little bit of a, one of my guys. Um, I, I wish he hadn't gone to the Ravens, um, but 
uh, he did. Is this your um, uh, uh, Chris Olave of this year? Is it? Uh, he's not. He's not as good as Chris Olave. <laughs> yeah, de- definitely not. But he's he's a guy I've picked up in in every draft I've been in so I far. Yep, I picked that up in the first round of mine. Yeah, he went 22 overall to the Ravens. Uh, he's five foot ten, 177 pounds. Uh, a lot of the receivers in this draft are in that kind of 5'10", 170 to 180 pound range. Uh, a lot of them being kind of projected for for slots. He has amazing college numbers, despite playing in an awful offensive scheme and with some of the worst quarterbacks you will ever see. Like think about early career DeAndre Hopkins quality of terrible, terrible quarterbacks. He was at Boston College. Um, but he's like he's got this great reputation of being this really team first guy. Um, he went to he went and supported all his teammates at various kind of like he didn't go to the senior bowl. He went to another thing uh, that he, he'd already committed to. So he seems like this guy that everybody loves to be around. Uh, and I think kind of playing at a sort of lesser tiered college like Boston is kind of a, a, an example of that. Um, he's definitely my favorite of the undersized guys in, in this draft. I've already said I, I, I really like him. So I'm kind of showing my hand here a little bit. Um, he's quick. He's not elite level quick, but and I don't know if it is because of the level of competition, but you watch his tape, it's just uncatchable. It's just like elusive, you know, like when you see these um kids playing flag football and they're just duking around and no one can get hold of them. He's just he's just like that. He makes these crazy catches and then he's he's all over the place. He's like running all over the field. Um that his route running is so good to watch. It's really, really precise. You know, if the if the scheme was, you know, run a 10 yard, he'd be bang on that 10 yard and then he'd make his cut or he'd make his drop or whatever. Um, there's this amazing play against Virginia Tech where he runs what looks like it's going to be a 15 yard curl route. And he makes he, he makes the stutter to to stop and go for the curl. And the, the defensive back bits so hard on it um, that you know, by by the time he looked again, Flowers was burnt past him. It's it's just a great bit of like right technician that you don't often see in college, but you see it in the NFL quite a bit. But it's just, it's just absolutely brilliant to watch. Um, so those sort of plays that like, made me like really really fall in love with watching this guy. Um, he is small, and I do think that slot is going to be his place. Um, he could be as good as someone like Cooper Cup or Amon Ra. I don't think he will be. And you mentioned Chris Olave. I think he's a smaller Chris Olave, basically. Chris Olave, great right runner. This guy, great right runner. He's just not big enough to play on the outside, I don't think. Um, but he will probably be on most of my rosters because I have an irrational love for this sort of player. So he's going in that 110 to 112 range. And like I said, I've got him in a, in a lot of leagues already. So um, I will be probably looking to add him in the breakaway, although I don't know if I'll get him after this glowing report. Ravens pretty stacked in offense now with Odell there as well. Um, do you think Bateman's got a chance this year? I liked Bateman coming out of the draft, but he's been plagued by injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if he can get fit and then, uh, you know, you've got uh, Zay Flowers, Bateman and Bruce. Odell. Uh, that Andrews. could be... Yeah. yeah, and Andrews, exactly, exactly. So that could be uh, getting Lamar back on track after a sort of slightly weird summer for him where he ended up getting, you know, a really, really good deal for him that, that allows him to have that kind of career security that, that he was looking for. Um, but really weird that he was sort of all this was playing out in public and no other teams were coming in for him at all, which is just, just very, very odd. 
but fair play to him for getting the bag. Yeah, without an agent as well. Yeah, so, exactly. Cool not having to not having to take that cut. All right, final position then. Tight ends. Um, Jake, I think you were going to start us off with Dalton Kincaid. <clears throat> um, yes. Yeah, so we have a two tight end league, so tight ends are quite important in our league. Like I said, it's it's rare a rookie tight end makes an impact in their first season, but he, he he has a chance. I mean, the Bills traded out to get him, so they must have seen something special in him. Um, they also have uh, Dawson Knox, so that might. What do you what do you think will happen in that situation? Uh, I think that Knox is a is going to revert to being a bit of a blocker. Um, and he will take some short dump off type stuff. Um, I think Kincaid is effectively just a big wide receiver. Yeah, they said that best cat- pass catcher in the tight end class this year. Yeah, yeah, he, he might be the best receiver in the class. Full stop. He he profiles much more like a really really good wide receiver, much more in the Travis Kelsey mold than he is the sort of like uh, Tony Gonzalez mold, for example. Um, but yeah, yeah. He's, he, he, it's a really good landing spot for him, Buffalo. I think. Yeah, Josh Allen's not a bad QB to be receiving the ball from. Um, no, and there's not a lot of target competition there either. Obviously, Stefan Diggs is going to get stuff funneled in in his direction. <laughs> um, but beyond that, they don't have a lot of like reliable uh, receiving options. So, I think I think if this guy kind of does well, then then he could be in for you know quite a few catches in in his first season and. He's, he's a big guy, he's a fast guy, so, you know, red zone monster, I think. Nice, yeah, agree. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm seeing him go about 109, 110 yeah. In, yeah. in drafts. Really, really Be popular and certainly yeah. certainly going above the, the other tight ends of the draft, which is interesting because the second guy that I'm going to talk about now, Michael Mayer, is definitely considered to be the better overall tight end talent. Um, mm-hmm. But because he's got an all-round game. He's got um that kind of like blocking route stuff as well. Um as well as the as well as the receiving. He was drafted number 35 by the Raiders. I think it's a great draft spot by the Raiders. Um giving Jimmy G a tight end that he can form a good bond with has already been proven to be something that really, really works with with Kittle at the Niners. And uh Mayer kind of fits that mold. Um six foot four, two hundred and sixty-five pounds. An absolute unit. Um, played for Notre Dame, and uh, there's some incredible highlights. He he broke um, Tyler Eifert's Notre Dame records. Um, Tyler Eifert uh, was obviously really highly touted coming out of college, went in the first round, uh, had one absolutely incredible season, and then his leg got absolutely trashed, and uh, he was never the same player again. Um, but Mayer had over 800 yards in both his sophomore and junior seasons. Um, and like I said, he is considered to be the best tight end prospect in, in this draft. A lot of Gronk comparisons for him because of his catching ability. Um, but he's way more flexible than Gronk. Or, or certainly maybe like late career Gronk who, who looks like, you know, very rigid, very inflexible. Like um, Mayer is, is, is really, really agile. Um, if you put a defensive back on him, you're done because he's going to absolutely beat the hell out of him. And and he, you, you look at him in college as well. He's he's absolutely plowing through linebackers as well. That'd be a bit different in the NFL, but um, he is really, really strong. There's um, a catch in coverage versus UNLV. And it is just 
a, a great example of a wide receiver who can make an insane like one-handed catch uh, against a, another big player who just can't compete with him from a strength position. He had no rights to catch the ball, but he just pushes back right through the guy and grabs this catch. And it's like, wow, tight ends aren't normally able to do that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, he's he's going to be a good player. He's, he's quite quick as well, 4 7 um, which is pretty much comparable with comparable with players like Zach Ertz. So that that's pretty good for a tight end if he can if he can go deep with that sort of speed. Um, I'm seeing him go in the 201 to 205 range, second tight end off the board, and notably he doesn't have the same injury worries as Kincaid. So Kincaid, uh, we didn't mention this before, has got a bit of a a bit of a back injury history, um, which is one of the knocks on him, uh, and Mayer doesn't have that. So I, I think there's a good chance that at that point in the in the draft, you're actually picking up the guy who's going to be the more valuable asset in the long run. Any thoughts on Mayer for you, mate? Did you did you watch his tape? Um, <laughs> uh, similar to, similar qualities to Jason Witten I've got right now. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's a yeah, good comparison. I read that. <laughs> <laughs> Is that on PFF? Yeah, probably. Yeah, he's re- obviously replacing Darren Waller, but he's got Derek Carr now, like you said, Jimmy, who didn't do bad with uh, George Kittle in Seattle. Um, oh, my God, in uh, San Francisco. Sorry, mate. Uh, there was a couple of seasons where Jimmy to Kittle was, was a, an absolutely amazing uh, combination. So, all right. Um, next tight end up on the board, I think you've got Sam Laporta. Not, don't know much about this guy, to be honest with you. <laughs> uh, I, I, again, like the Lions drafting an offensive player in the second round blew my mind. Yeah, like that top five offense last season and worst worst defense, like bottom three. And they draft RB, they draft tight end. I get it; they need a tight end because Brock Wright's not really a standout number one tight end. Um, I can see him doing quite well at the Lions. Um, also with the uh, Williams seven to six game suspension that could help him in the first six games, but yeah, that's all I've really got on him. I don't. Yeah, I'm not he, interested in him to be honest. <laughs> uh, he's draft. a bit. He's a bit like Mayer as well in that he's yeah. he's really well rounded. He's really big. He's really strong. Um, I think he's a, he's a good player. I've I've seen him go in a mixture of places. I've seen him go as high as mid second round and as low as mid third round. So. I think it sort of depends if there's a guy in your league that that absolutely loves him and, and has seen what he's been able to do in, in college at Iowa, which is where George Kittle was, um, then someone might be willing to to jump up and get him. But um, it's just hard hard to project these these tight ends, isn't it? Like you never know what they're really going to turn out to be because most of them kind of don't don't end up doing anything. You know, like OJ Howard, for example, massively highly touted, had a good season and then basically disappeared into obscurity for the rest of his of his career. Goff and Hawkinson didn't have a bad connection, so yeah. Maybe maybe Sam can go into that position. Yeah. Yeah. Last tight end then Darnell Washington, another one okay. of my guys. Um I love this well, guy. It's I know we weren't ranking absolute unit. But is he is he fourth, you reckon? Probably not. Probably not. Go on. But fifth or sixth. Um, I think somewhat, though, due to landing spots. So he went to the Steelers uh, in the third round at number 93 overall. And, of course, they've uh, they've already got um, Patty F uh, there. So um, that that's a lot of competition for him. Uh, I think 
with his size, six foot seven, 264 Beast. pounds, an absolute monster. I think most people see him as a blocker. Um, and to be honest, like it's hard to completely disagree with that because most of the time at Georgia, he was a blocker. Um, t- I think some of that though is like Georgia's offense was like, you know, pretty, pretty primeval. Um, they weren't exactly running a kind of spread offense there. So he was used as a, as a, as a blocker. He is a beast. He is quick. He's strong. He played multiple sports at high school level, you know, like at elite level. Uh, and I was looking on player profiler, which does kind of like a lot of the metrics and stuff. And they have him in the top 10 of athletic prospects across all tight ends since they started charting about 15 years ago. So his his athletic um, skills, he, he charted just incredibly It's a well. good tight end class this year. Yeah, it is. It goes it goes quite deep. Um, I think that, I mean, he looks like a D lineman. Um, so I think they'll end up using him as a bit of a red zone monster to start with. They'll line him up on the edge um, in kind of 12 personnel schemes. And then you can either use him as a blocker or he'll just seal the edge and then let Najee Harris run for three and a half yards. Um, or he'll he'll squirt out off the edge and 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 you'll throw a fade to him in the end zone and it'll probably it, it could be one of those guys that ends up catching like eight touchdowns for two hundred yards or something ridiculous like that. Mm-hmm. Um, this guy absolutely loves a hurdle. By the way, I've seen highlight clips with him where he tries at least four hurdles. Um, I love anybody <laughs> one, <laughs> who is that big who is willing to attempt a hurdle. It's absolutely nuts. Um, and he did actually manage to pull one of them off. Looks as ungainly as hell, but uh, it, it worked. So you know, what can we say? Um, yeah, hard to project what he's going to be like. He could spend a great career as a as a blocker for his entire career, um, particularly with Fryer move there, um, but. Uh, Kenny Pickett is not throwing the ball deep. Um, he has a somewhat weak arm, in my opinion, uh, and I could see them going a lot of 12 personnel uh, next season and, and getting the ball to the tight ends quite a lot. Um, and then Najee Harris, like I said, running for three and a half yards per carry into uh, the back of his offensive lineman. Tremors and numbers. Yeah. yeah. Can't go a podcast without mentioning Tremors. Come on. <laughs> that should be like last, yeah, last place... Uh... Forfeit, they got to buy a Trent Richardson jersey and wear to every red zone. The Trent Richards zone. You got to have the number on the back has to be three point two. <laughs> nice. Um, any other thoughts on the? Wasn't on he the number thirty two anyway? Hold on a second. He wasn't, was he? No, he's thirty three. Wow, that's that's a lot higher than his uh, yards per carry. <laughs> that was close. <laughs> that's incredible. <laughs> Uh, 34 for the Colts. Uh, anyway, we're, get, we're getting off track here. We're getting off track. Any final thoughts on on rookies? I'm massively looking forward to starting the rookie draft in 10 days or so. Um, be good fun to see what kind of rogue elements come into play. Yeah, yeah. Um, are we doing slow draft? Is that what we're doing? Yeah, slow draft. Cool, yeah. 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 Uh, particularly uh, over that bank holiday weekend, people will be you know, unavailable, hammered, uh, that sort of stuff. I'm doing a donut challenge. With uh, Ed, you heard oh, about yeah. this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, fifty, well, miles, beers, donuts. They and yeah. then the finals got added to fifty. So hopefully we'll pull that off. Yeah, that video that got that got sent round. Like the guy was just running way too many miles for me. Yeah, you like, drank one me, beer. Yeah, yeah. For me, Come that on, that that challenge consists of 
probably 30 beers and 20 donuts or, or, or some equivalent of that and absolutely zero miles. The thing is, yeah, I'm working in the morning as well on Saturday, so that's eight miles just just walking around work. So that's, well, that's going to help. Could, you could do that with a beer as well. Mm. <laughs> in, a, no? in a brown bag, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm not donut, seeing you Saturday, am I? Then, mate. You're not coming to Newbury? No, mate. Uh, the the rail replacement bus is is not not the way that uh, Simon Pike likes to travel. Damn, Grace, my heart. <laughs> well, you will be missed. We're doing bottomless brunch, so nice, nice. Look forward to that. <laughs> you you had a you had a couple of things as uh, any other business that you wanted to raise. You said you wanted to do an offensive rookie of the year projection. <laughs> okay. What are, you, what are you thinking? Um, Richardson. Yeah. I mean, he yeah. will be exciting, won't he? Yeah. Um, I wanted to do more. Who you think who the first coach to be fired is? Wait. Because you know who I like for that. Well, go ahead and, and give me your rationale. Todd Bowles, terrible. The Bucks, it's not going to be fun. The Baker Mayfield, you know, not a future yeah. Hall of Famer. No, definitely just, not. He, like, he, oh, I don't like him. That's it. That's all I'm going to say. So I reckon he's going to be first. My sleeper for. Super Bowl is the Baltimore Ravens this year. Yeah, you think so? Yeah, I think they're I think they're about twenty to one. They're not near the favourites at all. So um, as an outsider, I think that's worth a bet. I mean, that'd require Lamar to win a playoff game, though. Mm, I mean, Kirk Cousins won a playoff game. Yeah, he's what well, he, he mostly beats the Cowboys, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> oh no, it was the Saints. That was it. It was the great, Saints. Great quarterback. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah I, right. I, I, I don't know. I don't know who's going to be the first coach fired. I, I think Todd Bowles is a, is a really good shout. I'm trying to think who else would potentially be on the hot seat um, if they if they got off to a poor start. Not really sure. No. All right. Well, any final thoughts from you then, mate? Any any uh, statements? You know, as we go into the rookie draft. Um, no statements from me. It's good to be back. Looking forward to the season. Uh. Look forward to just hanging with the boys, Red Zones, hopefully a trip to Cheltenham soon. Yeah, that'd be good. The AGM. Yep. yep. So, yeah, that's about it from me. Nice. All right. Well, I'm going to get some more pods lined up, probably try and do once a fortnight. Um, we'll get you back on over the summer, mate. Maybe we can yep. do some IDP stuff with Franco. Uh, the tailor definitely wants to come on. and I need to catch up with Kyle and, and some others at some point. I'll come so on we'll, with the tailor. We'll do some fun stuff. Most definitely. All right. Cool. All right. Well, until next time then, guys, let's ride. God. <laughs>